from Best in the World Sports and Joe Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. Hey, look, man, don't ask me how I'm doing today. You know how I'm doing. I'm doing bad. Welcome to the Best in the World Sports Report. I don't feel like the best in the world. My football team most certainly ain't the best in the world. Let me bring in my man, my main man. I can't even get the word out. My man, Mike Jones. You, Mike my, Jones. How are you? Are you bad too? Because I'm doing bad. I'm all right. Whatever, man. I, I ain't got time for that, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad. And you want to <laughs> know why. You, in fact, you don't want to know why because you know why. Oh, I know why. Because... Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. on Sunday mm-hmm. in a game we talked about last week mm-hmm. in a game that we both felt very confident. Yep. We don't guarantee victories on this show. That's not what we do. Not what we do. But we predict them. We say what we, how we feel. And we both predicted convincing victories. Should have been a convincing victory. Should have been a convincing There's no reason when you look at that game that it should not have been a convincing victory for the Philadelphia Eagles, but it was not. I mean, it was it was looking pretty convincing for three quarters. Three quarters and change. then that fourth quarter happened. The fourth quarter happened, and then the wheels fell off. The wheels fell off. The axle fell off. Couple pieces of the chassis fell off. Couple windows. Couple doors fell off. In the end, the Eagles were walking back to the locker room. Losers, 20, was it 21 to? 21-17. 21-17. Lost by four. Lost by four. Gave you tell me, I'm answers. angry. I, I, I'm angry, and I know that people probably understand I'm why I'm angry. You are calm. You're, you're good. So I'm assuming that you are in a better place than me. As it pertains to this game, why are you in a better place? Well, it's not that I'm happy about it. It was a terrible loss. Mm. But it was at least partially. F- you know what? I'm seeing the emotion. As I'm reliving the, that fourth quarter, yes. I was good. Mm-hmm. You, you're bringing it back. <laughs> I, I wasn't happy with the loss. At no, all. not at all. But there are some things that happened in that mm-hmm. fourth quarter that were, or I should say, that should have been fairly predictable. Yes. One was that. With a big lead, the Eagles stopped running. Mm -hmm. That should have been predictable. We should have have known that the Eagles were going to stop running? Is that what you're saying? That they wouldn't run the ball. I don't know that we should have known that they would stop running, Mm -hmm. but we should have known they would underutilize the running game Mm -hmm. throughout the game. Mm -hmm. One way or another, the running game was going to be underutilized. We should have known that. Ajayi's gone. Sproles is in and out the lineup. Didn't play this past week. Clement, he's been banged up over the course of the season. Banged up and inconsistent. And inconsistent. Well, I think they, that may go together. Mm-hmm. 
being banged up can make you inconsistent. Okay. I don't know that that's the case, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. say that that is a possibility. That could be what it is. So let me jump in right here because I want to give you uh, a level of props for a point that you have made on this show a couple of weeks ago. You were the one who had said when we were talking about the Eagles going out and getting another running back, you were the one who banged the drum the loudest that the type of back that they needed to get was somebody in the mold of a LeGarrette Blunt. That they needed a north and south runner who could pound the line and control, help control the clock exactly. and help push them forward. And of the many things that I disagree with you about, and I very loudly disagree with you about, <laughs> This was not one of them. You made a very good point. I thought you were absolutely right. And in the weeks that have come since you made that point, it has become more and more evident. You need that power back. You need that power back. Now, here's where I kind of went with this. Subsequently, after you made that comment, after you brought that to light, Corey Clement had made the statement that he felt like he didn't want, he didn't feel that the Eagles needed yeah, he told to Howie get, Roseman he doesn't yeah, have to go get another You don't have to go bat. get somebody else. Mm-hmm. That was the point that he made. And Howie Roseman told him to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, Has he proved it? Uh, <laughs> uh, but then you've talked about him being banged up and him being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But the fact that whether it be because you're – whether it be because you're banged up, whether it be it's because you're just plain inconsistent, either or – He's proven to be unreliable. This season, yes. Now, my man Seth Joyner kind of made a point on Twitter earlier this week where he talked about he didn't think that the Eagles were going to make a a major move because at this point, if there was a move to be made that was realistic, they would have made it already. Do you agree with that? No, because you you never know what might happen. Nobody saw the Jay Ajayi trade coming last year. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw that coming. You wake up one morning like, what, we got Jay Ajayi? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Carlos Hyde just just went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Actually a running back I wouldn't have minded having. Just just in time for Sunday. Thanks. Thanks. It's actually a running back I I wouldn't have minded the Eagles had tried to pick up. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't a move that was – publicized or talked about there weren't many people saying that the Browns were looking to move a running back even though it makes sense that they would want to Mm -hmm. given their depth in the backfield it just you my point is you just never know what move could or will happen no I understand now let me ask you this do you think I think this kind of ties into where we're going to go as far as this offense, in fact, not even just the offense, just this team in general. Do you feel like management and extending past management towards coaching, do you think they put more, they have more faith in the players that they have than they should have? Because we're sitting here and we've watched them struggle to run. We saw them get away from the run when, at a point when they really should have been relying on the run. Well, Doug can talk. Doug can talk about all the facts that you know. Yes, there's a reason why he's coaching, and we're doing podcasts. But nonetheless, we still got eyes. Mm-hmm. We still got eyes. We still got opinions, and we still got two mics for for us to share those opinions of what we saw. And we both agree that the Eagles should have run the ball a little bit more in the fourth quarter. That is true. But in Doug's defense, mm-hmm. like while we do have eyes, mm-hmm. 
our eyes aren't there in practice all week. Yeah, I, I understood. To know, so I have to assume. I don't. Well, I don't have to assume, but I, I'd like to assume that Doug Peterson is basing his, his decisions based on what he's seeing out of his players every day, all week long. So, if he's not willing to run. It could very well be just be that he doesn't trust his running backs. Because last year when Ajayi was healthy and Blue Garrett Blunt was on the roster and you had two backs you knew could get it done, mm-hmm. he didn't seem to have a problem running the ball. But there, therein lies the frustration for us as fans because you raise a good point. We are not there in practice. So maybe Doug is seeing something. So if Doug is seeing something that says, hey, you know what, although we're at home and we have a 17-point lead, and we need to slow this thing down. Mm-hmm. Let's keep passing. You know, if he's seeing something that that, ha- that has him feeling that way, then why haven't they gotten a back? Why have they not made that move? I don't think they want to overspend. Okay. Because they do still have to. They're in a situation where they know their quarterback is in his third year now. So he will be eligible for his extension next year. That's a major commitment, Mm -hmm. which means two things. One, it will be difficult to commit large large amounts of money to any other veterans. And two, you need your draft picks. Mm Mm-hmm. You need your draft picks because if you want to be able to put a good team around Carson Wentz and you know you're going to have to pay him upwards of $30 million, what you're going to have to do is draft and develop, which means you need picks. So I don't think that Howie's going to be unwilling to make a move. Eagles, I believe, have 11 picks in the upcoming draft at this point. So that's plenty. But – I think he wants to make the right move, not just a move for the sake of making a move. Okay. Real quick, because we don't even—I don't even need an explanation. Mm-hmm. Right or right, right or wrong, the uh, Dallas Cowboys Amari Cooper trade. They gave up a first for Amari Cooper. I was. Uh-huh. I really want to give more than just a yes or no on that one. Okay, go ahead. Right, look, this ain't one on one with MJ. <laughs> I have longer than fifty six minutes. You, you want to give me? If you, right. you want to? Cause it, okay. Because here's the thing: the Cowboys absolutely needed a receiver. They were absolutely probably going to be in the market where they would draft one with a first round pick next year. Now, I don't know at this point exactly what the receiver class is going to look like in August. I mean, that's not August, excuse me, in April for the draft. But it they were going to be in the market then. They could but they could also use them now. So from that sense, knowing that you need a weapon and he is a legit first round talent. His drop percentage is another question. But he has first round talent. The problem is that 
your quarterback is still inaccurate downfield, regardless of who your receiver is. You're talking about Dak Prescott. Correct. Yes. Okay. So you can add whoever you want. You could add Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. If your quarterback can't throw downfield, there's only but so much a receiver can do. And be not don't be confused. Amari Cooper is neither Jerry Rice nor Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. While I say he's a first-round talent, he's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, no, no. His drop percentage is actually fairly high over the course of his career. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a move. It's a, it's a move. To me, long I, term, I could see it working, but I don't see Dallas really being good until bro, they replace I heard, their quarterback. I heard, honestly, it was like it was like Sam Bradford. It was like the Bradford trade in reverse for me, because at first I was upset when I heard that we were trading Sam Bradford because I thought he was the best quarterback we had. Mm-hmm. Not calling him. You know, a good quarter. This, this is not the. This is not the. Let's stick up for uh, Sam Bradford conversation. <laughs> but I thought he was the best quarterback we had, and I was under the impression like if you have a, a serviceable quarterback, go get him a running back. Mm-hmm. So when the plans were to get Carson Wentz, it's like all right, you know, I wasn't against it, but it was, oh, you know, I, I was against it. I was like, I, I don't know about this, but what can I? What can we do? We got him. All right. Normally, I'm not against you know I'm I'm not about sitting your first round draft pick, but hey you know we'll do it this time. Wait a minute, why are we trading Sam Bradford? I think this is a mistake. This is wrong. We should be we're getting what a first round pick. All right, Sam. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> so it was like when I hear like like okay, Eagles need some playmakers. Mari mm-hmm. Cooper's out there. Okay, all right, you know. It's a name I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, he's got some drops, but hey, you know what? Might be, you know, he might be able to open up the field, help them, you know, alleviate some things. Okay, all right, Amari Cooper. That's the name. I, I'll think about that. I'll put that in the mental Rolodex. Okay, that's coming up. What he's been traded to Dallas? What? Come on, Howie. What are you doing? Why are you not? What, why did you not get in here? What are you? What are you doing? How? What, Dallas traded what? A first round pick. All right, you know what, Howie, you good. All right, you know what, I understand. All right, you know, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense to me. You know what, Cooper would have been nice here. I don't know if he would have been trading the first round pick nice. I'm not even sure if it would have been trading the sec. You know, one of the our two seconds for him. And see the thing to the Eagles, Amari Cooper wouldn't have been your number one receiver. No, he is the he, number one receiver in Dallas. Like I feel like the difference between so Dallas the, spent the first round pick on a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. The Eagles aren't in the market for, for a number, number one receiver, so they have no. It no, makes no, no sense to spend exactly. the first round pick exactly. on a and receiver. I, and I feel like although Dallas and Philly have the same records right now, Dallas ain't Philly in the sense that I feel like maybe at the very least maybe Dallas is. That three and four might be a stretch for them. Mm-hmm. Eagles have clearly underperformed to get to their three and four. I think they're better. They could be better than their three and four. And that the, and the reason that they're three and four is because of injuries and other things. But I feel like in the end, Dallas, you know, Dallas sucks. <laughs> you know, 
right now Philly is losing, but Philly don't suck. The Eagles don't suck. This is not a. This team doesn't suck. You sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They blew a 17-3 lead. Yeah, they I mean, blew a seventeen. Look, look man, the, 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 look. The they evidence is there. T- they lost the. Tampa the evidence Bay. is there. The evidence is there. I understand. I look. I know what we're dealing with. But Based in the on end, what? Team don't suck. Based hmm? on what? Based on the roster, based on who they got, based on who they got. Now, look, we'll continue this conversation because we're I'm going to. I'm not saying they do. I'm just asking. No, I understand. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just saying. Now, look, we'll continue this conversation because I got a lot of complaints, all right? I got a lot of things to say about this game. But let's take a real quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Eagles. We'll, t- we'll switch over from the offense to the defense. We'll talk more about coach. Look, in the end, we got a lot to talk about. This is the best in the world. Sports support, John Brown. Mike Jones, hit us up anytime at BITW Sports. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on Best in the World. John Brown, Mike Jones here once again complaining, venting, whatever you want to call it. If you got something you want to complain about, something you want to vent about to us, about the Eagles and the current state of the Eagles, hit us up anytime at BITW Sports. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All right, let's jump right back into it, all right? We were talking about we were talking about the state of the Eagles, and I felt like, hey, you know, this is not a bad team. They're playing badly, mm-hmm. but they're not a bad team. Dallas is bad. The Giants are bad. Redskins, bad. Redskins are four and two. Bad. They're bad four and two. We're going to catch them. Four and two now. They're on top of the world. Will not. They haven't actually looked like a bad team. I'm not sold on Alex Smith. Alex Smith has been in the playoffs consistently Mm -hmm. throughout his career. Yeah, so has Andy Reid. Mm Mm-hmm. But we always know how that ends up. Not great and bad are two different things. Okay. I'm not saying Alex Smith is great. Okay. But I wouldn't go as far as to call him bad. All right. Well, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> All right. I will call him bad. But that's one, like I said, that's a, con- that's a conversation for now, Redskins Prescott Week. I'll call bad. You'll call Okay. I'll call him bad. All right. Well, that's a conversation for Redskins Week. Okay. Redskins, we, we will come back to, is Alex Smith bad? Let me, In fact, let me write that down in the notebook. Is Alex Smith bad? All right. But let's get back to this Eagles game. All right. We, talked about, we talked about the, uh, the run game mm-hmm. or lack thereof and what they can do to, prove, uh, to change it. Let's also talk about the play calling. 
Did you? I mean, he ran one time in the fourth quarter. On the one time in the fir- fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, two people who I respect in this business. It's my man. Two people who have been on this show actually. That's Barrett Brooks and that Seth Joyner. Okay. I watch. I usually watch the post game show after losses because I don't want to watch football anymore after the Eagles. <laughs> Honestly, that, that, that's that's really how, like when the Eagles win. I want to watch more football. It's on to the next game. Let's keep this going. When the Eagles lose, football sucks, and I don't want to watch anymore. And I need to be sad. So what do I do? I watch the post-game show so I can further my sadness. (laughs) So I watch them. So you're a masochist. If that – look, I don't know where you're going with that. I just (laughs) like being sad after football. I feel down, and I want to stay down, and I need, you know – yeah, masochism. No, man, I'm a Baptist, all right? <laughs> Shout out to Bethlehem Baptist Church. Pastor Quan. I will be, oh, no, I got to work on Sunday. I won't be there on Sunday. Either way, I would. I need to be sad. So I watch post-game. And two people I respect, Barrett Brooks and Seth Joint. And they kind of made a point on post-game that they felt like Doug was trying to make Carson Wentz the hero. He needed Carson Wentz to be the hero of that game. So he kept putting the ball in his hands and counting on him to make plays when most people would think in a situation like that, you should be running the ball. So I bring you in because you're a mind that I respect. And it's funny when they said this on Sunday, the first thing I did was pick up my phone and I texted you Mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, this is what they said. What do you think? And, my initial thought is that's possible, but I'm not convinced that's the case. One reason, and we discussed it earlier in a couple minutes ago in this, in this show. Okay. We were discussing it. It was a matter of who are the running backs mm-hmm. and how productive is the running game. When you consider that, you have to stop and think, Maybe Doug's just putting the ball in Carson's hands, not because he wants him to be the star Mm -hmm. as much as Carson's the one he trusts the most. If I have to make a decision on do I trust Carson or Smallwood and a less than 100% Clement, I'm probably going Carson 13 times out of 14 too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask me who I trust more 14 times, the answer will be Carson 13 times. But that speaks to the frustration that we talked about earlier, or the frustration that I had earlier. Whereas, I don't deny that that's, that could be the case, and that could be the reasoning. But that's all the more, that just leads you to more frustration because they haven't made a move yet. And maybe it's because there isn't a move to be made. You know, they're, they're still over a week left before the okay. NFL trade deadline. Okay, you're right. But I just want to throw some numbers out there okay. to my point. On Sunday, Josh Adams, the undrafted rookie free agent, had four carries for 17 yards, mm. a 4.3 average. Mm. His long was nine. Corey Clement. Mr. We Don't Need Another Back. Had eight carries for six yards, a 0.8-yard carry. Average, and he had a long. His long was four y- yards, mm-hmm. which means his other seven ran, runs went for two yards. 
It's not good. And let's see. Smallwood had nine attempts for 32 yards, a 3.6 average. Also not very good. Slightly better than, well, not slightly. Clement was just bad, so it was better, but it's not good. A good running average is four to five yards a carry because at four yards a carry, that's three downs and a first down every three downs. Mm -hmm. So it keeps you ahead of the chains, keeps you on schedule. When you start seeing under three at three yards and under, you start getting nervous about your running back production. Mm -hmm. So, while well, looking at the numbers, no, you understand why it doesn't. It doesn't look good, and I guess that therein lies, I guess, the crux of the problem. Because once again, it brings back to like, okay, if you have no, if you have no faith in these running backs, and you just put, you just threw out the numbers, so you understand why they have no faith in the running mm -hmm. backs. Because there's a good chance that, hey, man. If I'm Howie backs, Roseman, I'm offering Detroit a six-round pick to bring LeGarrette Blunt back. Would, if you're That's, Detroit, if would I'm you take Howie. it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They got three running backs. I'll take it. I would do that. Mm -hmm. Is that the only move you'd make? It's not the only move I'd okay. make. Like, if, you, if you're Howie, are you bringing back just one? Are you bringing in just one running back? You're bringing in two? Like, what would you do? Depends on who's available and how much it costs me. Mm -hmm. If at I'm this point, at, so at, uh, if but, I'm looking mm -hmm. rental somebody whose contract is up the end of the year, I don't want anything that's going to cost me more than a fifth round pick at the most. Mm -hmm. So that probably re removes names like Le'Veon Bell or someone like that mm -hmm. because I'm not spending high draft capital on a player who I don't know is going to be uh, – they're not under control and I don't know that they're committed to coming back. Mm. So just not that, – that's me personally. Howie may think differently. Howie may think, okay, get this guy here. He'll love it here. I could convince him he'll want to stay. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. So I don't take mm. that risk, though. No, that, that I understand. So as it comes to Sunday, you see what the running backs were doing. And you saw the subsequent result, which was when they needed to run, they did not. Mm -hmm. So does that take, in your opinion, because I want, cause I, I want to hear what you think. Okay. Does that take Doug off the hook as far as, your play, as, far as how you feel on play calling? No. He's definitely not off the hook. Because in, in my, my opinion, mm -hmm. you still have to try to run the ball. If they stop you, they stop you. You're up 17 points in the fourth quarter. You need the clock moving. You want to shorten the game. Keep the clock rolling. Incompletion stops the clock, lengthens the game. It gives Carolina more time. Any way you cut it. I understand you throw on third downs if you need to pick up, move the chains, and it's not a running distance, down in distance. But I'm not coming out passing first down, passing second down, passing third down three, four times. So, I guess, when, you wa when you're watching this, mm -hmm. when, you, when you're seeing this, it's like, you understand, like, okay, running, running games playing like crap. Mm -hmm. Why are they doing this? You know, but I guess, 
it's like you're almost like too frustrated for words. You know, it's like the frustration, the frustration just mounts and mounts and mounts. But I guess that wasn't end, really my frustration, though. What was your frustration? though? The defense. The defense is what frustrated me. Okay. Well, we will, the, the offense, that's personnel problems. N- not a whole lot you can do to fix personnel during a game. Defense, the defensive problems were more schematic in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And that's what really, really got me. Oh, boy. You, you sound like you got some venom right there. I'm very few. I've known you maybe about a year or so, mm-hmm. a little over a year. You've been kicking it, talking sports, you know, whether it be at the shop which is a show that really needs to come back. <laughs> but, you know, that's another story. You know, We'll say that one for later. Yeah, we'll say that one for later. But, you know, very rarely have I seen things in sports that piss you off. You know, high praise for Iverson and Russell Westbrook is, is one. Oh, they don't piss me off. Their fans piss me off. Okay. Oh, well, all right. Westbrook and Iverson fans piss you off. Mm-hmm. But you look pissed off right now. The point is you look pissed off right now. Oh, I am right now. Okay, so we're this is what we're going to do. with the Eagles defense. Okay, dude. all right. Then then this is what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, because I want to give you the floor. I want to give you the entire floor. All right. This, all right. So let's take another quick break on the Best in the World Sports Report. We will be right back. John Brown, Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Coming right back at BITW Sports. Hit us up. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip! Me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we are back on best in the world. My man Mike's been doing, he's been pacing. He had to get up from the table. He had to walk around in some woo-saw. He's a little pissed off right now, and rightfully so, because we're still talking about this Eagles, this deflating loss on Sunday as we get ready for them to go to London and take on the Jags in London. But before we get there, we need to talk about the failure that was Sunday. We talked about the offense. We talked about the play calling. We talked about the shortcomings. We talked about their inability to run the ball, their unwillingness or their inability, however you want to slice it. But that's not all. That's not all. That That is not the full crux. That is not the whole fail. That defense failed. You are not a big fan of Cam Newton, are you? I'm not. 
Cam Newton is he's inconsistent. Inconsistent. When he's, we, when we he's do, on, he's he's one of the best. He's okay. like, he's a he's a weapon when he's on. But how much is he really on? We talked about he might I said it before, mm-hmm. he might be on for a couple minutes a game. We talked which earlier. Which is what happened right. this past week. We he talked, was only on for He was only quarter. on for a quarter. Now we talked earlier, we talked about good quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks as it pertained to Alex Smith. Would you call Cam Newton a good quarterback? No. Would you call him a bad quarterback? I'd call him a mediocre quarterback. Mediocre quarterback. So that mediocre quarterback led three straight touchdown drives mm-hmm. on our Eagles mm-hmm. on Sunday, and that pissed you off. What pissed you off the most? Was it that that was what, Cam Newton or? What was the score going into the fourth quarter? Seventeen nothing. Nothing. Seventeen nothing. So for three quarters, you got you got you gave up no points. Mm-hmm. What kind of defense were you playing to do that? Good defense. <laughs> All right. See that what they were doing. I'm gonna go X's and O's. Okay, go ahead. First three quarters, they're playing. They're doing a decent job getting pressure on Cam in mm-hmm. the pocket. Panthers don't have a lot of time to set up the throw downfield. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles' corners, the secondary, was actually playing up on the shorter routes. Mm-hmm. So Panthers' offense doesn't have much room to do much it, to do anything. That's, they didn't score. Fourth quarter, for some reason, you decide to play prevent the whole fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You, not like you're playing prevent for the last two minutes with a 17-point lead and you're just trying to make them take their time down the field because they can't take the big shot. You've got a full quarter of football to play, and you're just letting these guys take seven-yard pass, run for ten more. Six-yard pass, run for five more. Eight-yard pass, run for 12 more. They're just eating you up chunk by chunk down the field, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting back taking it. Okay, more please. Hmm. First down, more please. Like, what are you thinking about? You had a successful game plan for three quarters and change of the game, and then you decide to play prevent for the last ten minutes. Did you not watch the Tennessee tape? Mm -hmm. Like, I watched the Tennessee game. I'm pretty sure, John, you watched the Tennessee game. We all watched it. You saw what happened at the end of the the Tennessee game. You had a big lead. You started playing prevent early, and they picked it apart because prevent doesn't prevent anything but but you you from winning winning. the game. So let me ask you this. Then let me set you up for this then. Who do you blame for that? Do you put that? Is that – does that fall – the defensive plays. Exactly. You put that on Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that is Jim Schwartz's fault? Mm-hmm. And is it Jim Schwartz's fault? And furthermore, is it is it Doug's fault for not putting the pressure on Jim Schwartz to put more pressure on Cam Newton and the Panthers? Because it was obvious that in the fourth quarter they it's well, not see, like the, it's I'll, not like the Panthers had quit in their eyes. Let me make one quick okay. Let me make one quick point now because because I, I I know I, I see you chomping at the bit here. It's like you know that the the Panthers aren't going to just lay down for you. You know that. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep trying. So obviously, they're going to get more aggressive because they're still trying to win the game. Yes, 17 points is a good lead, but it's not an insurmountable lead. So when it became obvious that Cam Newton and the Panthers were going to try to be more uh, 
more aggressive. Why did they not put more pressure on him? Why did that not happen? That's that's the question I have. That's what frustrates me about it. Now, that, that actually isn't my question mm-hmm. because for the first three quarters of the game, while the Panthers have zero points, they weren't blitzing. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I understand. They were being aggressive in the secondary. Cam's not an accurate passer. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to throw the ball to? He holds it that extra half second. The defensive line gets there. Gets there, yep. You sit back 10 yards. A high school quarterback can stand there and dink and dunk seven, eight yards down the field. Literally, a good high school quarterback can make seven or eight-yard throws. Mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. No, I, and I'm not disputing you. You're absolutely right. And that's what they were sitting in the back allowing him to do, make seven- and eight-yard throws. Now, of course, he has to actually make NFL reads to know which way to go with the ball. I'm not just saying a high school kid can play quarterback. I wouldn't be that foolish. Mm-hmm. But he's capable of making seven- and eight-yard throws. These aren't special throws. Mm-hmm. This isn't Aaron Rodgers fitting the ball into a small window 30, 40 yards downfield. That's not what was happening. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the defense sitting back 10, 15 yards and the quarterback just dropping it underneath and letting the receiver run for however many after the catch. That's unacceptable, especially when you know the quarterback's not looking to go downfield. Does that strike you as arrogance? That's, it seems like arrogance to me. It seems like arrogance to me because you're sitting here and as we've now said, this isn't the first time we've been in this situation. Mm-hmm. We're now talking Carolina. We're now talking Titans. Mm-hmm. That the Eagles have had a big lead and kind of leaned back and just felt like, hey, we got this in the bag. Let's Eagles had a lead against the Colts too, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. They still they still came back and they oh as soon as they came back they held on to win. Okay. But nonetheless, we're now looking at a team three and four could easily be one and five. Easily, you know. Now, for me, I'm not somebody that puts a lot of stock in that. I'm like, you are what your record is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they could. You know, yeah, they could be, but they're not. They could be one and five, but they're not. So in the end, you know, it, it's three and four. They're but nonetheless, these are they're a three and four football team. But I feel like they had the loss was the the defensive part of the loss was not necessarily a personnel problem. No, it's a, it's a schematic problem. Because you actually Schem- had something working but, but and they, went away from it. But therein lies the point. Now, we talked about the difference between the Eagles 3-4 and four and the Cowboys 3-4. and four, Where I said, I think the Cowboys are just bad. It's a bad team. 3-4 and four is probably the best they're going to be able to do. They're a losing team because they're a losing team. Okay. Eagles problems, are more, you know, as far as the defensive side of the ball, is more schematic. They've had their problems on offense, yes. But they're also missing a running back. Their line is banged up. I wouldn't say their defensive problems are all schematic, though. Did I say all? No, you didn't. Okay. I think think the huge – I'm just throwing that out there. It's not all schematic. Not all schematic. I mean, like I said, I mean, they're missing Rodney McLeod. 
That's exactly what you I know, was thinking. That they just lost. They just lost. The yeah, they just lost Derek Barnett for the season. Mm-hmm. So, but in the, but in the end, but nonetheless, the law, the more egregious losses, and we're talking, we're we're talking Tampa Bay, we're talking Tennessee, mm-hmm. and we're talking Panthers. Those three losses really stick out to me because those are losses that really you could put on schematics, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Not all, certainly not all, but a huge chunk of that is why they why the their fourth quarter game plan was their fourth quarter game plan. There's no reason for that to have been their fourth quarter game plan. Exactly. That can be a two-minute game plan. No, not really. That can be a one-minute game plan. Mm-hmm. When a team's on the final drive and you just want to make them slow walk it up the field, take their time, don't give up any chunk plays, keep everything in front of you, go prove it. Mm-hmm. Their only hope is a Hail Mary because it's 10 seconds on the clock. Go prove it. If a team has time to drive the football, you don't go prevent because I can just pick you apart. Mm-hmm. The coverage is too soft, and there's no. Pr- why did why did they not abandon that the first drive that first drive when they come down and score? If they come down, it's like I think you're asking the wrong question. What's the right question? Why were they in it with ten minutes left to begin with? It to begin with. Okay, it's ten minutes left. Touche. Better that that is a better question. Or the the Carolina scored their first touchdown, six something on the clock. So let's say six minutes. Why are you in the prevent with six minutes left on the co- in the game? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It's too much time left. Clearly, anything can happen. We saw mm-hmm. it happen. It's week seven. Going into week eight. Going into week eight. Going into week eight. Do you believe – when do you believe that this is cons- this would be considered a must-win game? Is this a must-win game for the Eagles? Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't want to go two games below 500. Not going into the – ha- When you have a division leader that's two games above 500, mm-hmm. that'll put you in a real hole. Yep. You don't want – you have to win. Mm-hmm. You have to win this week. They don't win. You, you calling the season over? Not – over, because it ain't over till it's over. Okay, okay, that's what, that's what I wanted to hear you say. Okay, I'm I'm not one to say things are final when they're not. So, if they have games left to play, they still have a shot to be competitive for a wild card spot or something. Let's play it out, see what happens. But. Even at this point, I really don't think it's looking great. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you have zero confidence in the Redskins. I think they could end up being a threat to us this year. You think so? Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Whatever his limitations are with downfield and such, he does not turn the ball over very often. And Adrian Peterson is still running the ball like a man. He's running the ball like a monster. 
Like, I don't know how a 33-year-old running back could still be that physical and explosive still, but he's doing freaking it. Freaking nature. Absolutely. He's a freaking nature. He's, he's definitely a freaking nature. I think what, scare, what scares me about the Redskins is what you just said. You know, and not even the point about Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson, but it's about what happens you go into that bye week two games under 500 with the Redskins two games over 500. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I don't think it necessarily means I'm not ready to call the Redskins a good team, but the Eagles could dig themselves into such a big hole that whether or not the Redskins are good, they can't come back. All right, now think about this. Imagine this could, the worst case scenario. Eagles lose to Jacksonville and have the bye week. They'd be at what, three and five. Mm -hmm. The Redskins have already had their bye week, so they'd actually be pay, p playing potentially two two games in that same spirit period that we'd play one and have the bye. Mm -hmm. They could they could conceivably be six and two, and we're three and five. That that would suck. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. That would just suck. I don't want to hear. And it's like, once again, that puts you in a position where it's like, you know what? They're going to win this division basically by default. Mm -hmm. You know, now Redskins fans wouldn't call it by default. They're just going to say, hey, man, we won the division because we finished with a better record. Now, yeah, now that's what makes it an interesting proposition for the Eagles. Not so much that they'd mathematically be out of it, but things get tight when you're fighting for a wild card spot mm -hmm. and rather than the division and the Redskins can make this division no contest fairly early if they win a couple and the Eagles and Cowboys slip up once or twice more mm -hmm. in the next couple weeks so it's it's definitely do or die, put up or shut up time for the Eagles now they have to come out in London, in London, 9.30 a.m. game. That's mm. weird. But the Eagles have to come out ready to play, and not only come out ready to play, but they have to finish the game as well. Okay. Ha don't want to see yourself in a situation where you're multiple games back from a – the only good thing the Eagles have in their favor at that point is that they are actually 1-0 in the division, mm -hmm. having only played the Giants in division. So they do still have some room to make up ground. You got the Cowboys twice, the Redskins twice, and the Giants again. Now, real quick, we talked about this last week because we were talking about the possibility and the possibility for get right. Mm -hmm. We said, hey, Eagles got a stretch of three games that I really thought was prime to get them from get right because I thought that New Orleans could be a test for them. New Orleans still could be a test, could not be. Jury's still out on New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But we were talking last week, and I'm saying we got the Panthers. We had the Panthers. We have Jacksonville. We have the Cowboys. Then going into that Saints game, which would then be followed by the Giants and the Redskins. Mm -hmm. Now, oh. My, see, getting all into it. I'm hitting my own microphone. Redskins coming up. Redskins have the Giants this week. They're going up to uh, New Jersey. They have the Giants. 
Then they're home against the Falcons. They're traveling to Tampa Bay. Then they got the Texans, who are playing a lot better, and the Cowboys again. Read that again. They got next, the Giants. Got the Giants next week. Mm-hmm. Giants in Giants uh, in New York or okay. New Jersey. Okay. Home against the Falcons. Falcons are frauds. Mm-hmm. Against Tampa Bay. Uh, in Tampa Bay. Do you trust Jameis Winston? I don't. Well. I would have said I don't trust Tampa Bay, but they, yeah. they, they beat us. So that, you can still not trust them. Mm-hmm. We haven't looked very dependable this year. No, no beating no. us doesn't mean you're not you're a trustworthy True. team. Good point. Good point. Then they travel to the Texans, who have played a lot better. I think mm-hmm. the Texans. What Texans started zero and two, zero and three, zero and three. Then they won they three won four, in a row. Yeah, four in a, four row. in a row. So they're four and three now. And then they have then they're once again in Dallas for the te- uh, for. Uh, Cowboys. Okay. Would you say that from all those games that you just read, are there any of them that you think the Redskins have no chance of winning? No. So it's possible they have a chance to win Win them all. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you're right. That's what I mean. It's Mm -hmm. possible that over the next stretch, if the Eagles don't get things right, coming out in the next three, four weeks, this division could be over. No, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. This is a this is a this is a killer stretch. Killer stretch. This is a killer stretch. A killer stretch, and it's like I guess that brings us to what brings us what we have in common. Because last time I checked, you didn't. You never played for the Eagles, right? Never played for the Eagles. Never. Neither did I. I talk Eagles a lot. I have a lot of Eagles gear in my closet. I never played for them. Never played professional football. So I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I am a fan. I talk as a fan. The show is a fan forum. Our team has a losing record. And I truly believe that when your team has a losing record, there are certain narratives that allow themselves to play out that might not necessarily play out when your team is winning. And it's been a long time since this Eagles fan base has been in this situation. The Eagles got hot last year. When they lost, they lost what was at week two to uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And people were questioning Doug, questioning his play calling. Is he the right coach? You know, th- th- that's the type of things that happen when you lose. Then they kind of got hot. And as they got hot, those questions went away. Now that they're now that we're we're sitting here in the middle, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, more than a quarter of the way through the season, almost at the halfway point of the season, we're at a we're having a losing record. Mm-hmm. You hear things. Eagles will have played half their season by the time the Jacksonville game is over. Yes, half their season could be two games under five hundred. At best, they'll be five hundred. Mm-hmm. At best, at their best, they'll be five hundred. So given that, where I'm going with that is the type of things that you hear, mm-hmm. the things that you hear the fa- you know fans say, and I I respect you as somebody who doesn't always sink. I don't I don't know if sink down is yeah, the right. I try to stay even keel. Okay, even keel. I, even I, I keel. I try to be objective rather ab- than just objective ab- above the madness. I try. You try, you I, try to fly above the madness. And doesn't I respect, always happen, but I, I try. I respect that about you. 
I respect the fact that you don't always have time to 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 dive into fan speak because sometimes look, let's let's just keep it real. <laughs> so, there, there's a lot of BS when it comes to fan speak. Absolutely, and I respect the fact that you don't have time for that. You don't always have time for that. It's let, let, let just me, being emotional. Come yeah. often can cloud your judgment. Yeah. Let me tell you something about my me. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> I have time. I'm somebody. I, I look. I have time. I I got a I got a, some goggles, a little snorkel, and I will dive head first <laughs> into some of that BS. I'm just somebody who decided to invest a little bit of money into creating a podcast, so I can then talk about that what what I come up with mm-hmm. when I dive into that BS. <laughs> so one of the things we I heard a narrative that I I heard was people saying that they felt like Carson Wentz was not clutch, and the fact that he could not come back and and launch a fourth quarter. Co- my God, I know this is a podcast, but I wish you could see my man Mike's face right now. Carson Wentz not clutch. That's what. But before you before you take this take on, before you give your thoughts. Let me once again set this back up because I feel like this is the type of things that you get. These are the types of things that you talk about when your team is losing. Before you actually expound on an opinion, and I see I see the wheels spinning. I see you formulating, formulating an opinion. But I want to, yes or no, do you think this is silly? Do you think this subject is silly? The very notion that Carson Wentz is not clutch based on one fourth quarter is insipid, asinine, ludicrous. The best word I have for it is blatherskite. Yeah, pull out your th- thesaurus for that one. All right, first of all, my, my source is behind you. It's across the room. I ain't got time to go get that. All right, we've already taken two breaks in this show, so I don't have time for that. <laughs> But nonetheless, I guess, let me break down uh, a, a, a small Twitter discussion that I had with somebody. Because I agree with you wholeheartedly. I like to disagree with you, but when you're right, you're right. And you're right. This is kind of silly. But I feel like I've somebody pointed out other quarterbacks in the league who have a better percentage and a better win total or better, I should say, a better total amount of come-from-behind victories. Now, let me, let, me, let me finish my point here, all right? And I thought that was impressive. But I feel like there is a point that was being missed. Carson Wentz does not have as many come-from-behind victories as maybe a Dak Prescott or Andy Dalton, or Marcus Mariota, or maybe even an Andrew Luck. And there is a reason why. Fourth quarter leads. Exactly. Carson Wentz doesn't... It's like you're... To say that, to say, to say that Carson Wentz does not have as many come-from-behind victories as these other quarterbacks leaves out the point that Carson Wentz wasn't behind as many times 
as these quarterbacks. Have to be losing to come from exactly. Behind. I would, you know, it, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I remember somebody having a conversation about, and somebody having a conversation about Fifty Cent mm-hmm. and how tough he was for surviving nine shots. That means he got shot nine, nine times. Exactly. And somebody was saying, "Hey, you know what? No, what I think is even stronger than that: not getting shot." You know, it, it, that, that's just like what would you rather have? A quarterback who plays better from behind or a quarterback who won't put you behind? I'll take the lead every time. Exactly. I want a quarterback who's winning. It's like you take it's like yes, you know what? Marcus Mariota uh let's see. Marcus Mariota, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton all have better records and all have I should say better Numbers a better amount of fourth quarter higher comebacks. Fourth, higher, higher total fourth, of fourth quarter, fourth quarter comebacks. comebacks. That's what I'm trying. To, thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. But, but Carson Wentz does not have as many fourth quarter comebacks as Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, and Andy Dalton. But you know what he has more of in the last two years? Wins. Wins, and that's even given the fact that he missed. The last three games of the regular season last year and mm-hmm. the first two games of the regular season this year. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, over the last year and a half, in the last two seasons, 2017 and 2018, Carson Wentz is 13-5. and That's not bad. Not bad at all. Dak Prescott, 12-11. and 11. Andy Dalton, 11-12. and 12. Marcus Mariota, 12 and 10. So, so what you can't you're telling even... me is they've all played at least four or five more games and have lower win totals. Exactly. They just happen to have more fourth quarter comebacks. Exactly. So they're just trailing a lot more. Exactly. And it's not like it's not like we're talking about an Eagles team that has been absolutely carried by their defense. This last two stretch, this this, this last, last year, year and they half. were thirty last point year, a game off. Exactly, say that again for the people in the back. In fact, let me turn my mic down. Turn your mic up. Last season, the Eagles were a thirty point a game offense. Exactly. If you're scoring thirty points a game and have the defense they had last year, you're not trailing very often. Exactly. There's no reason for a fourth quarter. Case in case in point. What was that word you used again? Blabber Skype. Blather Skype. Blather. Say that again. Blather Skype. Yeah, that. <laughs> Means foolishness. Okay. I like it. I will take it. That's exactly what it is. But that is the type of narrative that you have when your team is three and four. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of conversations that you have when your team is three and four. That's what frustrates me the most. That That's one of the most frustrating things about having a team that's not winning. So Carson Wentz has, Carson Wentz has one bad fourth quarter and all of a sudden he's not clutch. Exactly. That's sports radio today. Uh, let, let's that's sports, see. Ra- that's sports radio today. That's the media today. That's tw- that's Twitter conversations today. That's what you're having. That's Those are the types of conversations that you need to have when, when was, your team isn't winning. When was the last Super Bowl New England lost? Who did they lose to? They lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Before that. That's a, to no, the Giants. Oh, no. no. no just, they lost to Seattle, didn't they? No, it's Eli Manning, Eli Manning and Carson, uh, Nick Foles. That's it. 
No. Uh, they beat Atlanta. Seattle beat Denver. Seattle beat Denver. Okay. Okay, that's, that must have been – it must have been an AFC championship game then. But I'm remembering a play. Wes Walker's opened uh, up the scene. Did, uh, who did, who did uh, Green Bay beat? Uh, no, they beat Pittsburgh. Because uh, I'm, I'm remembering a play in the playoffs where New England loses the game, but Wes Walker has opened up the seam on the left side, and the pass comes in high and outside when it should have probably been over the inside shoulder for an easy catch. Ends up incomplete, game over. New England loses. Tom Brady made a bad throw. Does that mean Tom Brady's not clutch? Of course not. It's, it's foolish to make a statement like that based off one play, one one fourth quarter, right? Yeah, just uh, just quick clarification. Tom Brady's only lost to the Giants, Giants and the Eagles. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, which is why I was thinking it must have been an AFC championship game. Okay. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it was against Denver, AFC Championship game. That sounds right. Okay. But, yeah, it was a pass high and outside to Wes Welker. Incomplete game over. New England loses. Nobody says Tom Brady's not clutch. Of course not. That would be not. foolish. It, of course. Of course it would be foolish. But none of, but I think – well, I will, I will say this. I think – Philadelphia, this market, mm-hmm. this fan base gets a bad rap as far as fan, uh, you know, f- levels of fan foolishness. But I don't think, in the case of football, that is a that is a situation that the Patriots find themselves in. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say that. I've I've heard Boston fans. Mm-hmm. I've heard that fan base. I've been in that area and listened to the fan base, and they're idiots in that t- town too, just like they're idiots in New York, just like they're idiots in Philly, just like they're idiots in D.C. You know, all all up and there down. Are enough the, idiots to go yeah, around. Yeah, there's yeah we we have not cornered the market on idiots, but I know people. Sometimes people like to say we have, but. Boston fans are, you know, there there are plenty of idiots in Boston, but nonetheless, I don't, I don't necessarily see the Patriots being in that situ- being in that situation. Now, it could it could be very well that I just wasn't in, I wasn't up there when the Patriots were struggling. You know, they, what what are the Patriots now? Uh, four and three. Um, let me look. Patriots are. Do they have three losses, or is it two? That could be it. That could be it right now. Yep. I, I want to say it's two losses. Shout out to Verizon for this cable. Yeah, they got two losses. They're five and two. Okay. So it's not like they've really had a lot of time to struggle, you know, this season. But nonetheless, I don't think you're going to get a whole bunch of bridge jumping when – uh, but, when the Patriots lose. But the Patriots have lost games before. They've started off seasons with slow starts. And during those slow starts and get lost games early, especially over the last few years, the narrative has always been the same. Is this the end of the road? Is the dynasty over? Are they done? People react like that. We live in a... Instant reaction, prisoner of the moment society. 
everything you see is the greatest ever. Everything you see means, oh, that's what it is, like mm -hmm. one game. We heard that about the Patriots. We we heard a little bit of that because although the Patriots are five and two right now, they lost two or three to start the season. They started out the season one and two. Mm -hmm. Lost to Jacksonville and they lost to, they lost at the Lions. Mm -hmm. And I think that was when people were that's when you might have heard just oh, that small dying. Yeah. Is this is this the end? Because they have started but you, out slow. But you before. hear it every year. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? They're in first place. Yeah. One game is not enough to make a man not clutch. So in the end, I guess for me, as far as the Eagles go in this fan base, granted, Doug Peterson, he has a Super Bowl win. He does. But he does not necessarily have the resume that a Bill Belichick has. Correct. Yet. Yeah, he could. Eventually. Eventually. He hasn't know. been doing it long enough. Yeah, he hasn't He's still been the doing new guy. It. Exactly. So he still, he still has to show that he can bounce back from a little bit of adversity. Absolutely. So right now, this, this is what you have. That that leads us to where we are now, where after one bad fourth quarter, we're now asking, is Carson Wentz clutch? Because you said that is some bla blather. Blather sky. Blather I'm going to learn this word. <laughs> oh, you're going to be so proud of me. When we come back next week, let me tell you something. I'm going to be – I'm, I'm going to be out here spitting all types of blather Skype. <laughs> man, I'm going to be all over that, man. I'm going to be all over that. But nonetheless, I'm tired of hearing Carson Wentz ain't clutch. And that we need to make every trade possible. Like, like this is the NBA. I think you said that. Didn't you make a tweet about that? Talking about some of the trades that was being made? Like, what's going on? Because you don't necessarily hear a lot about NFL trades because they're so hard to make. Because salary, the salary cap is so... It's a... Confusing. It's a fixed salary cap. It's a hard cap mm -hmm. rather than the flexible cap, the soft cap the NBA has, one. And two, teams are also reluctant to trade players with multiple years left on the deal or guaranteed money left because when you trade a player in the NFL, the guaranteed money stays on the books of the team who signed the deal. Mm -hmm. So when I trade you, I still pay you the guaranteed money. Yeah. Yep. I pay you that, not the team I traded you to. Mm -hmm. And it affects my salary cap, hence the dead money and cap hits that teams take. If I give you guaranteed money, that comes from me. I understand. But I guess the point the point being is all of those factor into why you do not see a lot of in-season trades in the NFL. But there have been a lot. And I guess that kind of excites a fan base where they kind of want they want to throw out every scenario. And you look at trades being made, and there are some there there have been players that you might have wanted to see. Mm -hmm. I might have wanted to see. You know, I, I, I I wasn't above uh, seeing Amari Cooper. Yeah, you just talked about uh, um, you just talked about uh, Carlos Hyde earlier this earlier this year. Uh, I shouldn't say this year, this early, hour early in this show. Hour, yeah, <laughs> in this show, you might, that's the name. But it's like, look. I want them to get somebody better, not necessarily somebody else. I also don't want them to mortgage their future, which is the point that you made. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to give up a number one pick for Amari Cooper. I'll give the Giants two number ones for Saquon. Oh, of course. <laughs> I put that out there. In fact, it's, it's I'll funny. I'll give them two number ones for Saquon. I'll give them whatever, you know, almost whatever they want. You know, but uh, That some, kid's a monster. Oh, yeah. Tired of people talking about his thighs though, but he is a monster. 
You don't hear you don't hear people talking about how big Saquon's thighs are because they're huge. Yeah, I, I understand. That. Doesn't mean I want to talk about it. We'll see people talking about it. <laughs> Why can't he's a good runner? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Why can't that be the conversation? Because he's six foot two thirty eight and runs a four three forty. He's He's Same way you talk about how freakishly big and strong LeBron is, mm-hmm. you're going to talk about how freakishly big and strong and athletic Saquon is. Do you have a favorite? Co- uh, do you have a favorite college football team? The one Saquon went to. Okay. It's kind of a bad example because I can't think of a lot of you know big name Penn State players who just who end up playing for the Cowboys because I know you say you hate the one team you hate. The one team I hate. The one team you hate is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, how would you feel about a Penn State player playing for uh, Dallas Cowboys? How would you, like once he's out, once he's, he's graduated, he's left. He's a cowboy. So, you're, you hate him. You're a cowboy. So you hate him. You're a cowboy. You hate him. I hate the Cowboys. Exactly. Now I hate the whole NFC East. That I hate every team in the NFC East that's not the Philadelphia Eagles. I dislike them all. No, I hate them. I hate the Cowboys. No, I hate, I hate the Cowboys. Like, I dislike now, the Giants. I hate them. I usually want them to lose. I want them to lose, yes. I hate them. I dislike the Redskins. I hate them. I usually want them to lose. I hate them, yes. I want them to lose, yes. Again, but I, the Giants and Redskins, I said usually. No, no. Like, ain't no usual, example, yes. If it's week 17 yeah, and the Giants winning, we'll get the Eagles into the playoffs. I still hate the Giants. I'm going to root for the Giants that day. No, I'm not because, gonna, it, because it's going to help the Eagles. I'm going to be mad. At the, in fact, if it's week 17 and I got to root for the Redskins, I'll root for the Redskins. I'm not going to root for the Redskins. Know why? No, if, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be I'm going to be mad at the Eagles for putting me in a situation where I would need the Redskins or the Giants to win. And I would do I'd be mad, I'd be more mad at the Eagles but you're for putting already, me in that situation but than you're I would in that be, situation. Like hy- hypothetically, you're mm-hmm. in that situation. In, being in that situation I would root for the Redskins or Giants to win. If it's I, the Cowboys. I would be rooting for whoever they're playing to lose. If it's the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I still want them to lose. <laughs> Nonetheless, the point that I'm going with this is I understand that you dislike the Giants. Mm-hmm. I hate the Giants. They're the biggest case of a player that I loved in college and hated in the pros is LeVar Arrington. I loved him at Penn State. Probably one of my... He was a monster. He's a monster. Probably, if I thought about it and sat down, could tell you, like, my five, my top five favorite, not the best, but my top five favorite Penn State players. Mm -hmm. LeVar Arrington would probably be, would probably be number one, if not close to number one. One, one, a, two, would never go lower than two. I love LeVar Arrington. I, I can see that. I can see that. The he, minute. He was a great linebacker. Yes, the minute he went to the Washington Redskins. Hated. Made me hate the Redskins more because you're making me hate my man. LeVar Arrington was my man, and now I got to hate him. So I hate you more that you drafted my man. Now I got to hate you both. That's how this works. And it pains me right now because I love Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley could have been, he could, you know, when it's all said and done, and I need a little bit of time to to really reflect on this because he's only a year out of college. Mm -hmm. But Saquon Barkley could be in my top five favorite Penn State players. 
I, like I said, I, I need I need some time to really reflect on it. I got I got I got. Sometimes you gotta you got you know you gotta let that marinate. Okay. But nonetheless, I like Saquon. I think he's a great running back. I really want him to succeed, but I don't want him to succeed with 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 New York. I don't care if he succeeds with New York because they don't, don't have want, a quarterback, so it doesn't to, matter. Why? Why is? Why is the Giants making me hate my man? John. Y'all making me hate my man. See, John, I think you're looking at it all wrong. Okay. I help, actually help me see, help me see the light. I want Saquon in New York to mm. be the best NFL running back possibly ever. Mm. I want that. Why? Think about it. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Lady South. What me. were the Vikings like during Adrian Peterson's prime? What kind of team were they? Middle of the road, not necessarily great, never. Why was that? Because they had no quarterback. Why didn't they get a quarterback? Because they had Adrian Peterson. And they always drafted somewhere in the middle of the pack because mm-hmm. you because he was so great. Mm-hmm. You're too good to get a good quarterback at the top of the draft, mm-hmm. but you're not good enough to win. Mm-hmm. The Giants could be that team. Think? They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. And but they're going to draft pretty high this year. They're probably they're one in five. Is this year's quarterback class really that good? No. Exactly. So who's going to be their quarterback? This isn't one of those years, or at least at this point, it's not shaping up to be one of those years where you have that superstar quarterback coming six, up. Six, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, but it's not one. It's not that year where you're shaping up to have a superstar quarterback coming out at the top of the draft. Okay, but which means they'll probably look to fix their offensive line. Mm-hmm. If they do that, they're not a one and six football team anymore. They're a seven eight win football team, which means they're stuck in purgatory for the rest of Saquon's career. For those of you who are huge fans of. John Brown and Mike Jones, or Mike Jones and John Brown. For those of you who love listening to the two of us go back and forth on the multitude of platforms that we use to promote ourselves, and that would be the best in the world sports report, and one-on-one with MJ, starring John Brown. That's not really the title. It's just one-on-one <laughs> with MJ. I just throw my own name in there. But nonetheless, something we talked about on Mike's show. We talked about the thoughts of the casual fan and the thoughts of the educated fan. Mm-hmm. Because they're two different people. Absolutely. What you said, what you laid out made perfect sense. For an educated fan. For the educated fan. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I, I consider myself pretty educated. Mm-hmm. But I, but like I also said, I like to dive deep into <laughs> the fandom. I'm not a, I, you know, I, I like to, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. I play both sides of the fence on this. Whereas, if you need me to sit to have an educated conversation with you, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to smoke, <laughs> I can do that too. And it's like, okay, what you laid out makes perfect sense. And it could exactly be why the Giants are non-factors for 
until next Saqu- eight years. Yeah, the next eight years until Saquon Barkley is over thirty years old, and then he's washed up, and then he can come to the Eagles and just be a part of our running back core. All right, <laughs> we have a three headed monster part with, with, with Saquon, but nonetheless, in the end, they're still the New York Giants, mm-hmm. and I hate them. I know you dislike them. I hate them. I hate the Giants, and Saquon is there, which means. I have to hate Saquon, and I don't want to hate Saquon. And the fact that I don't want to hate Saquon, but I have to hate Saquon, makes me hate the Giants more the same way I hated the Redskins for drafting LeVar Arrington and making me hate my man. You made me hate my man. That's unforgivable. Unforgivable. You made me hate my man. I'm telling you. Your man could keep your team stuck in no man's land for the for the foreseeable that's future. Too much thought involved. That's, that's that makes sense. I'm but a that, thinker. Yeah, I understand that, and I respect that about you. I don't want to think that much. That's too much thought. I'd rather just hate. It's easier. Yeah, I mean, you got to take the elevator all the way up to the top floor. I don't want to go. There's nothing up there. I'd rather stay down here on the bottom floor. That's where the good stuff. Let me is. stay. No, let me stay down here. No, see, no one is. Let me let me let me tell you the difference between me and you. Know you know what you are. You go to the club. You go mm-hmm. to the club. You go into the club. You talk to the girls. Get a little drink or whatever. The listen to the music. To girls it's talk different. to you. Or okay, either or. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You in there? You 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 do a club stuff. You got yourself a little glass of that brown. You know what I mean? The good music is playing. You chilling. Girls is talking to you. Whatever. That's cool. Know where I am? I'm outside at that letter. <laughs> I'm the let out dude I'm the dude that's like you know what I'm not going to spend the $25 cover charge and be out here buying drinks or whatever doing that no oh I wasn't paying the cover charge either well, walking right in whatever <laughs> fine I'm not even I'm not even having I don't want to have that conversation I don't want to walk up there and have that talk I'm I'm let out dude you know what I mean and that's me hating on the Giants that's the let out <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not that's me saying you know what? I'm not gonna put on my good shoes. I'm not gonna put my my church shoes on to go and, and, and put on a nice outfit so I can get in this club and show off. For these. No, let me put on my cleanest white tee, some Jordans, some jeans, and let me just get all I'm paying for is gas money, mm-hmm. gas money and whatever it is to get that little cheap liquor that I can just get my buzz on or whatever, so I can chill out here outside. And I will talk to these girls, or the girls will talk to me, whatever, whatever, as they come out the club and they're ready to go. But see, here's the thing. When you take the elevator up to the penthouse level, mm-hmm. it's a whole different experience up there. I don't need that experience. The let out is just fine. <laughs> that That's what people say who don't go to the penthouse. Okay. Once you've been to the penthouse, the let out don't do it no more. You're, you, you could be right. You got you got it. You know, elevate, you evolve. Be, no, take it to the next level. Next, no, I'd rather take it to yeah. <laughs> get get out of the muck and grime with the with with the fans. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you'll be happier. Guess what? You'll be more peaceful. Might you'll, be. you'll feel better inside. But I'm not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. I'm still outside. Still got my white teoid. I'm still out here, you know what I mean? Girls is walking to the car. They try to catch their Uber. They try to do whatever. And I'm right there in the rod like, hey, what's up? Can I talk to you? That's me right now. I'm not in the club. I ain't, Look, I got a pocket full of money because I ain't spent none of it in that club. 
All Me right. too. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, dog. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up with some sixes because, because, just because. And we're talking about that that uh, Detroit game because that was some mess. Anyway, tell us what you think. Were you a club? Are you a club guy? Or are you a let out guy? All right, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time at bitw sports. Once again, that is at bitw sports. John Brown and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. You gotta be quicker with that, man. My fault. All right, let's try it again. John Brown and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> Best of the world. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go! Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on Best in the World Sports Report. Don't have a lot of time left, but before we go, just want to remind you guys, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time, at BITW Sports. Listen to this show on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports, or hit us up and listen on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Just search Best in the World Sports Report. Also, every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, on phillygoflow.com at 8 a.m. So right after the reggae sunrise, you get your Bob Marley, you get your your Beanie Man, and your, your uh, yeah, those guys. I'm, T.O.K., Mac, yeah. Cobra, Super Cat. Yeah. I'm an yeah. island boy. You want yeah. me to go down the go list? Go ahead. I can go down the list. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what, all, all, everyone you just named? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can hear all that for three hours. Richie a th- Spice. Yes. You got all that Yes. Okay. Yes. Saturday starting at 5 a.m., Reggae Sunrise Show. That's what we wake you up with. Vibes Cartel? Yes. Got them too? Yes. All right. Yes. All that. You can hear three hours of that. And then after, just in case, you know, right when you get really, really into all the reggae and the dance hall and the soca and all that, Mm -hmm. then there's us at at 8 o'clock. We cut all that off for us. (laughs) And then after us is early morning 80s. So, you know, everything you want from the 80s. So there you go. That's your Saturday morning lineup on phillygoflow.com. They are the Grown Folks Groove featuring the best in the world. All right. Sixers. Sixers. The Sixers lost a stinker on Tuesday to the Detroit Pistons after Blake Griffin turned into Mark Price. Blake Griffin's out there shooting threes, Mm y'all. 
Blake Griffin's out there shooting threes. Look like he's been out working on that, adding to that to his game for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Didn't want him to look that good at it when he was playing us, but he did put in that work. And B, and B put in work too. And B had a solid game. Had a solid game. Season high, thirty three points. Yes, is that? I think that's three straight thirty point games for him. Mm-hmm. Like like what I'm seeing from the big man. Liking that improvement, playing good minutes. Uh, I believe he's going to play on Wednesday. So you know what that is? That would be a back-to-back. That is a back-to-back. That's a back-to-back. No more restrictions on the kid. Exactly. Let him play. Exactly. Let him play. Uh, One thing that kind of stood out to me in that loss when it came down to crunch time. Okay. What's that? Uh, Our good man, Mr. Markel Fultz, not on the floor. (laughs) He was he wasn't conspicuously absent from yes. the court. Yeah, he he was conspicuously absent. He was obviously absent. He was blatantly absent. He was he was just absent. He was wasn't absent. there. How you feel about that? I I found it a little bit disappointing. It actually, doesn't bother me. Why? Now, now this is why I said when you told me you wanted to talk about this, I said let's do it because I have a slightly different perspective. Well, here you go. You, I, 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 I brought you into my house. I'm giving you a microphone. You have that perspective? Share it with the people. Now, my perspective is slightly different because I've mentioned before I used to coach high school basketball. Pro coaches generally aren't teachers. Brett Brown being a player development guy in his past and having a 20-year-old with the issues Markel has – notably had Brett Brown finds himself in the rare position as a pro head coach who has to teach and develop a player that's usually not what pro head coaches are in the business to do but with Markel if he wants to maximize what this team can do he has to do that for him now Markel is essentially like I'll use I'll use it like this say it like this Coaching high school, if I have, I could have a talented freshman player, got all like all the upside in the world, but I got him to bring him along slowly, and in fourth quarters of games, I'd, I'd much rather him be sitting on the bench, itching to get in the game, telling himself I could have done this, I could have helped, I could have been better, even though I know he wasn't ready. I feel much better having him on the bench itching to get in than having him on the court getting embarrassed and having his confidence destroyed. One keeps him hungry. The other one, whether or not he likes sitting on the bench, it keeps him hungry, whereas the other one could literally destroy the kid's future. So as a kid, I'm looking to develop, especially develop his confidence. I'm okay with easing him into certain situations. Because you don't want to, for a kid who you know has the yips and confidence issues, you don't want to throw too much on them too fast and then end up undoing all the progress you've had to this point already. That's a very good point. I, I'm, and I, I do like where you're going with this because, I mean, you're, 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 you're talking long term. Mm, exactly. And I respect that. You're talking long term. Now, that's, that's something where, I guess, initially, and that's me, once again, in the muck. 
that's me in the mucks. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm swimming. We talked like, about that a little bit earlier. I'm, exactly. I'm swimming in the garbage. It's all good, <laughs> you know. I'm in that city pool. You know, what I mean, you in a nice pool. You like, hey man, come on over. Mm-hmm. You gotta now, have a membership. Yeah, you gotta have a membership. <laughs> I didn't think I had one, but just like, hey, you could use my guest pass. There you go. It's, it's you all welcome. good. You welcome. Thank You're you. I appreciate welcome. that. Hey, it's, it's all right over here. It's mm-hmm. all right. But real quick, Ben Simmons missed the game mm-hmm. with the back problem. Exactly. He's back in the lineup. Uh, he was back in the lineup for uh, the Milwaukee game. Does mm-hmm. back prop a young a player that young with back problems? Does that scare you? It's back tightness. Mm-hmm. Back tightness. That's one of those things they throw around these days. That ten, fifteen years ago, it would have never even been mentioned. You're going to play through it. Okay. That's one of those 2018 things. So what you're saying is Ben Simmons is a wuss? No. No, I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> no, I, I know. I'm, it's not his choice at all. The doctors, the medical staff, the technology, there have been lots of advancements. People know more, or at least they claim to know more. Mm-hmm. And Everyone claims to be in uh, The way they – and teams, especially with the money they pay these players now, have to treat it like a long-term investment rather than Let's just go win this one game, and if the guy's knee blows out at the end of the year, so what? We got what we could out of him. That used to be the approach, like it or not, for the lot of guys. Let's get what we can out of him now, and then if he can't play next year, oh, well, we'll replace him. What did it cost us? These guys, they're invested with guaranteed contracts for $250 million for the next however many years. That's a completely different situation. You're, you have to think long-term when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah, they rest guys. They have phantom injuries and minor injuries that will hold you out. So back tightness, until somebody tells me something's torn or fractured, I'm not worried. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. Real quick before we jump in, uh, last six or point, Joel Embiid. Let's get back to it. Let's, let's talk about the kid right now. All right. Three straight 30-plus 30, uh, games. Mm-hmm. Currently sits sixth in the league in scoring at 29 and a half. I understand it's just four games. Mm-hmm. It's early. But calling yourself six six in the league is still six in the league. Which means there are five people scoring, what, 30 or better? Yes. In front of Joel Embiid right now, Anthony Davis. How many? Anthony Davis at 30.3. Uh-huh. Steph Curry at 30.5. Uh-huh. Zach Levine at 32.3, Kemba Walker at 33 even, and leading the league on top of that, on the heels of that 50-point game is Blake Griffin at uh, 36.3. And I'd be willing to wager by the end of the year, none of, those none of them are averaging 30, mm-hmm. and maybe only two of them are averaging more than 25. I take it. It's early in the year. Yeah. I mean, once again, we're talking four games. Exactly. Uh, Blake Griffin's played three games this season. Kemba's played four. Zach Levine's played three. Steph Curry's played four. And Anthony Davis has played three. Exactly. So, three or four games. Nonetheless, but our guy's still six in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, three straight 30-point games. This man. Oh, the uh, kid's got talent. Yeah. He can he's got, ball. Oh, yeah, he's got he's got talent. He seems to be healthy. I like what I'm seeing from him in the and I like what I see from him as far as his energy. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, absolutely. I that's like what that's energy. what I'm because I I felt like he kind of he hit that wall last season, and that's I thought his it was first evidence. Full year. First full year. Uh, 
You got to get – he's 7 feet, 300 pounds. Yes. I'm sorry. He's like 7 two, 300 pounds. He's yes. got to get – you got to get your legs under you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I do – I mean, we're still talking a young kid, a, a young kid basketball mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand he's not he, – he's probably middle of the road as far as age. As far, with, About 25 now. Yeah. But still but, kid with – But as far ten, as maybe basketball ten, years. 10 total years of playing basketball maybe. It's not that many because you have to remember he sat out yeah. a couple years in Philly. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is we're talking about a guy really who's been introduced to basketball, the sport of basketball, within the last decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's now? And he wasn't playing the whole time because he sat out multiple mm-hmm. years with injury, with injuries, but now, and now playing at the highest level. Absolutely. So how much how much rope do you give a kid like that? Because I you and I'm looking I'm, me as a coach. Yes. A kid like that, I'm harder on. Mm. If if I'm the coach, you know you need to worry when I stop being hard on you. Mm. If I'm being hard on you, it's because I believe you're capable of doing better, doing more. When I stop doing that, it's because I believe you are what you are. And me putting in that extra effort, extra energy won't benefit anything. Exactly. So... Embiid, so you, I, I'm as hard on him as I can be. So you still believe in Embiid? You still trust the process? He's got. He still has upside. Yes. He's not just. He's a. Gr- he's a very, very, very good borderline great big man, and he still has a lot of upside. Best center since Moses. Best center since Moses. Not yet. Since Moses. For Philly? Yeah, for Philly. Oh, well, for uh, yeah. For, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> but, yeah, only no, I mean, that's what I said. Best Sixers center since oh, okay. Moses. I missed the Sixers. Part. Okay, best okay. Sixers center since Moses. Yes. How many six? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Not granted, even close. yeah, granted. I mean, we're compa- comparing him to Samuel Dallenbear and Derek Sean Coleman, Bradley, Manute Bowl. Yeah. So it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Dikembe, Andrew Bynum. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for listening <laughs> to the best of the world sports report. Once again, to my co-host, my co-pilot, Mike Jones. Once again, check him out on One on One with MJ every Friday, 9 a.m. on freeagentradio.com. You can hear them on the TuneIn Radio app. Mm-hmm. You can also hear them at 12 noon, 9, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time on SeattleHipHop.com. Is that on the TuneIn app as well? SeattleHipHop.com. I don't believe it's on the TuneIn app right now, but you can get it on Android app devices, iOS. Okay. It's full full range of access to it. Okay. I got an Android phone. I want to listen to Seattle Hip Hop. Google Play or something? We can make that happen. All right. I want to listen to Seattle. Well, really, I just want to listen to me on SeattleHipHop.com. <laughs> but I'll listen to the rest of it. You know, whatever else they got, I'll listen to them. Shout out to them. But you can hear one-on-one with MJ on SeattleHipHop.com and FreeAgentRadio.com. And then then that's it. Listen more if you want to. Or you can listen to me and Mike on Best in the World Sports Report at any time on SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, search for the best in the world sports report. And every Friday on Philly, excuse me, Saturday, Saturday, don't want to give you wrong information because Friday is Fridays in the 90s. Saturday is best in the world sports report on phillygoflow.com. For my man, Mike Jones. Who? Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) For my man, Mike Jones. Who? 
Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We'll check you guys out next week. <laughs> You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Gopher.